Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey there, welcome to the Tracy Sandler Show brought to you by FIVO. I am your host, Tracy Sandler. And before we get to today's guest, Eric Branch, we recorded an absolutely fantastic episode that you guys are going to love. But before we get there, the 49ers have made a huge trade in that they are acquiring running back Christian McCaffrey from the Carolina Panthers. The 49ers get McCaffrey. The Panthers get a second round pick in 2023, a third rounder in 2023, a fourth rounder in 2023, and a fifth rounder in 2024. This was reported by Adam Schefter. All that information I just gave you came from Ian Rappaport. And you guys, this is huge for a team that has been struggling on offense, has been stagnant on offense, and needs to get something going, and a team that feels that they are a Super Bowl contender now. This is an absolutely massive trade. McCaffrey, who went to Stanford, comes back to the Bay. His brother actually was on the 49ers practice squad for a number of years under Kyle Shanahan. But... Big, big news. Christian McCaffrey coming to San Francisco to play for the 49ers, who currently sit at 3-3, three and three, take on the Chiefs Sunday. Probably won't see him then. Next week against the Rams, then they have a bye week. The timing is good. They get him well before the trade deadline, get him used to the offense, get him going, and this is a biggie. Wanted to just acknowledge that. Talk about it. Stay tuned. Make sure you guys follow me on Twitter at 49ers Fangirl, on Instagram at Tracy Sandler for all of the latest news and updates on this and everything San Francisco 49ers. And with that, we will now get into the episode with the San Francisco Chronicles, Eric Branch. Thanks, guys. Eric, welcome back. Well, thanks so much for having me. Uh, Thanks for the nice introduction. Uh, Great to be here. So let's talk, let's talk some 49ers and they wouldn't be the San Francisco 49ers if they weren't dealing with a plethora of injuries, getting a couple guys back, maybe having issues in the corner position in terms of health. So it sounds like there's a, everybody's maybe optimistic is the right word. Nick Bosa actually used that word that Nick Bosa will be back on Sunday. Trent Williams could be back on Sunday. So that obviously is a big deal, but you have Charvarius Ward who did not practice on Wednesday. They're already down a corner with Emmanuel Mosley out for the season. A lot has been made of the injuries. It is football. So I don't want to over-dramatize this, but it does feel a year after year, this team has perhaps more injuries than most, except maybe this year's Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, yeah, the Chargers tend to give the Niners a, a run, uh, don't they? But yeah, it, it would be one thing. If it was, this was just it was just this year, and say, wow, you know, they're having quite a few injuries. But it's pretty much every year since you know Shanahan and Lynch took over, and maybe preceding that a little. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, it, it's not like you can point to one thing, of course. Um, but you know they cleaned out their health and performance staff, fired them, uh, replaced them pretty early on in their tenure, and the injuries uh, just keep on coming. So, yeah, as it relates to this this week, the biggest thing is Shavarius Ward, who has looked like a modern day Deion Sanders for the 49ers, and if he can't go. You know, that's Diamador Lenore and Samuel Womack um, against the Chiefs, and it's not quite 
um, you know, the, the Chiefs, since they don't have Tyreek Hill, but obviously they're still uh, able to be pretty effective and, and get it done. So that is a a massive uh, potential loss. Uh, when, you know, Tiberius Ward, you know, he couldn't finish the game because of the strain groin and um, the fact he didn't practice, um, you know, Wednesday. I mean, it's sounding like kind of Nick Bosa, who had his strain groin, couldn't play the second half. Um, and really didn't practice at all uh, last week. And he even said yesterday, even though he was listed as questionable in the injury report, yeah, we decided I was going to be playing last week, early in the week. So it could be that the 49ers know they don't have Chavarius Ward. I don't know that, of course, but it's it's certainly conceivable. Um, not great for a cornerback uh, with a strained groin uh, trying to cover deep balls. Uh, so if he does play in his little gimpy, uh, I think the Chiefs will be testing Testing out his leg pretty quickly. Football is back, and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your football betting needs this season. You'll find the latest odds, matchup info, player news, and game trends. And as your continued source for all sports wagering info, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events like MLB, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. I think kind of going back a little bit to the injuries, I think the concern that 49ers fans have, which again, it's football and I don't want to over-dramatize. I think it's just, it's just the amount of setbacks this team tends to have, I think becomes kind of the bigger issue at hand, but I don't want to put a dark cloud on the week because that's just not who I am. So I think, you know, you hope for the best Jimmy Ward, the other Ward talked to him on Wednesday looks as if he could play with that club cast on his hand uh, with with a broken hand. And it was interesting. Someone said to him, do you think you can play with that on your hand? And he said, I don't think I have a choice, which I thought was, was an interesting um, statement. And, you know, someone who had talked a lot of uh, trash talk about Travis Kelsey in the offseason. But they're having some issues. And I want to talk about the secondary because, as we just said, obviously the loss of Charvarius Ward would be a massive one. But this is a secondary that going into the season – felt like maybe they finally had as a ton of depth in a place that they haven't really had. So specifically, if we're looking at corner, you mentioned Diamador Lenore and Samuel Womack. Jason Verrett was back at practice Wednesday. Perhaps he's healthy enough to play, but he's coming from back from a pretty big injury. So the idea of throwing him in there as a starter and having him play the entire game, maybe a, a little much if he can go at all. But it when you look at that roster, they have bodies I don't know how much depth they have at corner, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. And there has been talk about, oh, hey, remember last year when they had injuries at corner and they were kind of screwed and they had to get Josh Norman off the street? Well, that's not the case this year because we got we got some depth. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with your statement. They have bodies. Uh, it is not proven depth. I mean, Diamond Lenore has not arrived in the NFL. Um Samuel Womack was the nickel corner for two weeks, and then he got benched. Um, and when he took over for Ward uh, last week, uh, he crashed too far inside on on Mariota's uh, 
uh, rushing touchdown, and then he had no chance against Kyle Pitts in the end zone. So that was two touchdowns he was involved in. Um, that's to say he has not arrived. And then, you know, if you're if you're hoping for Jason Verrett to, you know, save the day, uh, you know, ton of respect for what he's been through and endured, but, you know, he just missed two practices last week with a soreness in a knee that was surgically repaired 13 months ago. And, and Kyle Shanahan said oh, it wasn't an issue with the surgery. It's just an issue with the knee. Um, I'm paraphrasing. Uh, so, yeah, there's the trade deadline. Uh, and I, that's not going to yeah. help Sunday. But, you know, that I'd written a story about just, you know, uh, you know, would they be interested in Christian McCaffrey? And, and I think given this situation at corner, which is a, you know, a more, you know, a position of value in the NFL more so than running back. Um, and the, the Niners have, you know, Jeff Wilson, they will have Elijah Mitchell. Um, you know, they could probably get by at running back, but I, I really do think the situation at corner, um, you know, at least for this week is dire. And when Charverius Ward comes back, it is less so. Um, but I, I still think there's, there are issues at the other spot. And I think it's worth mentioning, and you know this breaks my heart, the Michigan Wolverine and me, but you also have Ambry Thomas. But Ambry Thomas is a guy who really seemed to come on strong at the end of last season. Now they have these serious injury issues at corner, and he certainly can't seem to get on the field. I think it's quite a statement that they'd rather put Womack out there than Ambry Thomas at this point. You have Thomas, who's a second-year guy in this defense, who, like I said, came on pretty big at the end of last season. So he certainly, to use your term, also has not arrived in the NFL. So I would agree it is a pretty dire situation with Patrick Mahomes uh, coming to town on Sunday. Yeah, I'm sorry. Who is Ambry Thomas? Just kidding. Just kidding. So when he went to the University of Michigan, <laughs> one of the greatest school in the entire world. So I'm surprised you haven't heard of him, but he is a corner. You may have remembered him in week 18. He caught a game ceiling interception. Yeah, okay. It's all coming back to me. Yeah. Talk yeah. about yeah. The, the highs and yeah. lows. He, he was, you know, it looked like a, you know, at least like his rookie season would be completely lost. And then I remember when he came in uh, and replaced Norman, I was like, holy smokes, Josh Norman is not doing well, but this this has a potential to be a lot worse based on what little we've seen of Amber Thomas. And, you know, he, you know, as you mentioned, he uh, had pulled it together and, and, you know, played competently and then had a, had that big moment. But yeah, it was, it was, you know, evident early in training camp, just where he was on the depth chart, and then kind of reading between the lines when you talk to the secondary coach Corey Enland and and Shanahan that um, that yeah, he had not kind of um, maintained that arrow up, as Jim Harbaugh would say, uh, to trajectory. And so, yeah, he, he we're here in this situation, and and you know, kind of to your point, he's, he's really not even being discussed as an option. Well, and. I don't even guess this is reading between the lines. He, D'Amico Ryans was asked about him last week and his response was Ambry's fine. I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but I think I'm only taking out like three words in the response. And then he, he moved on and I thought that was pretty telling. I was like, that's not reading between any lines. The line is there. I'm just going to read the line. Yeah, um, that, that, and then the further context of that is he, he said about, you know, 300 words to every other question. Um, and then, uh-huh. How's Amber and Thomas? Usually How's Amber Thomas doing? Amber, Amber's doing fine. That, and that was and that was it. And usually D'Amico Ryan's does expound expound a little bit. Yeah. So 
Uh, that was very interesting. So I would agree with you. You have a bit of a dire situation at corner uh, with the 49ers. Uh, and it's interesting. I think we did see it in camp when Mosley was out in camp and Charverius Ward actually dealt with a groin injury in training camp as well. And I think we kind of saw like, oh, right, there are bodies, but not depth. But there's nothing they can do about that on Sunday, except this is <laughs> here's my impassioned speech, except play to the, the best that they can. And so I'm sure they'll have me talk to the guys before the game. <laughs> Absolutely. Sure Just do the best you can. It looks pretty, looks pretty crappy, but you know. Don't give up. Listen, guys, it's not looking good for you, but if you just do the best you can, then no one can get too bad at it. Exactly. Uh, speaking of doing the best you can, or maybe not, let's talk a little bit about the 49ers offense, which has been an adventure uh, and really has been an adventure all season. It was an adventure with Trey Lance. It's an adventure with Jimmy Garoppolo. We had a fourth quarter drive that I'm using hyperbole, but that seemed to take the entire fourth quarter with zero sense of urgency and resulted in no points. And that was, that was an, an odd situation, but what is going on with this offense, Eric? Like they just, they can't seem to get in a rhythm. They can't quite seem to get it together. And Sunday, last Sunday was a day where, you know, the defense has stepped up. One could make the argument the last several years to make up for the offense. And this was a time the offense had to make up for the defense. And we've seen that happen we saw it happen a couple times in 2019 and, and Jimmy Garoppolo was able to step up, but generally this offense is just kind of um, is stagnant. The right word. Yeah. I, I, that, that's probably fair. It's certainly less than the sum of its parts, right? Because you look there we and, go. and you say, there we go. Nailed it. Um, well, you got, you know, Debo Samuel is an all pro and George Kittle is an all pro and Brandon Ayuk's, um, you know, first round pick who's certainly shown flashes of his ability and, you got Kyle Juszczyk's the Pro Bowl fullback. And, and, you know, the offensive line outside of Trent Williams, who hasn't played for the majority of the season, is um, fairly nondescript. And, and you got a middle-of-the-road quarterback in, in, in Garoppolo. You know, and I don't say that disparagingly. He's not, you know, you're not stuck with a guy who, who you just know you have you don't have a chance with. I mean, he, he can right. give you a chance to win. So, um, it should be better than where they rank and, and where they've looked. Um, you know, it's like mistake to obviously scroll through social media or have 49ers in your search. So you're subjected to every um, 49er hashtag tweet uh, that comes from uh, <laughs> fans or or the like. And, and so, you know, I've seen Kyle Shanahan should be fired this week, which obviously – he and Lynch need to be fired at three and five last year. Um, and I do think that's obviously overstating the case. Um, and I look there, the, the eight minute 16 play drive, I have no um, answers for Like generally, I don't certainly agree with every end game decision Kyle Shanahan has made over the past five plus seasons, but I, generally, you know, you ask him about it and then you can understand the logic. Um mm-hmm. I could not understand his logic to why there was no panic, to use his term, um, in that drive. But like looking at the game as a whole, if Ray Ray McLeod doesn't drop a pa- uh, you know 45-yard pass, if Charlie Warner doesn't drop a 30-yard pass, if there's not holding on a 40-yard pass to Brandon Ayuk, I mean – if Jeff Wilson doesn't fumble once recover, I mean, you could go on and on probably every NFL Sunday with stuff like that. But um, there were some plays that were made and negated or should have been made that were pretty easy. 
that had nothing to do with like, oh, Shanahan is no longer a good play caller or uh, the defenses in the NFL have now figured out the 49ers. Um, so, I, like, I, I don't think there's panic there. Um, but, you know, if they go to three and four, regardless of how the offense plays, um, he, there's going to be continued grumbling, you know, because there's got to be, you got to find, you know, some sort of scapegoat as it relates to you know, social media and everything. And, you know, even though there have been injuries and, and this, that, and everything else, no one would have predicted the Niners starting three and four, particularly if you said their losses were going to be uh, to the Bears, the surprisingly milquetoast Broncos and and the Falcons. So, um, yeah, you can, again, Injuries haven't helped, uh, but I'm rambling. But get to getting back to your question, the offense does need to kick it up into gear, particularly as 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 it relates to you know the defensive defenses uh, attrition and the fact that they may not be able to sustain that kind of 85 Bears look they had going there for a couple of weeks. And you mentioned the drop passes and the fumble and the penalty and you know, something that Jimmy Garoppolo said after the game is the self-inflicted wounds. The problem with that, and I don't disagree with him, but it, they are self-inflicted wounds. It's just, I think when week after week, they're making the same mistakes and inflicting the same wounds to themselves. Um, that is where a concern maybe happens. They are, I mean, I hate to say this, people are going to get mad. They are right at this moment on a trajectory to go into the bye week three and five and then come and then go to the NFC championship game. If we're going to go on last year's trajectory, but they are, I mean, they, the chiefs, it's going to be tough. I mean, these are games that they tend to play. Well, this team does also have a real tendency to play down to the level of their competition as evidenced, as you just said, right now, the losses are to the bears, the Broncos and the Falcons. And then they step up and beat the Rams, the, the chief, these chiefs are not the Rams. And I honestly don't know, and not to go too far ahead. I don't know that I believe they'll beat the Rams in LA next weekend. I don't, I don't know that this, you know, this narrative of they own the Rams, except for that NFC championship game, which of course was a big one, um, happens. But I think with the self-inflicted wounds, it's just week after week in the Rams game, it was 12 penalties and, uh, the Broncos game, that was just a whole plethora of issues. And, and in this Falcons game, those drop passes, which are really inexcusable. Uh, and then, you know, the penalties and, and all of that, it's just, you know, when does that stop? And then who is to blame? And I am certainly not in the Kyle Shanahan needs to be fired train. I think that's ridiculous. And I'd like to know who all these people think they're going to get that's better. But it's just kind of at a certain point, when do they figure it out? And the injuries don't help. But most of those injuries have been on defense. I mean, they did lose Trey Lance, of course, their starting quarterback, but foreigners are in an interesting position because then they had last year's starting quarterback as the backup. They did lose Elijah Mitchell, but they have been, in theory, able to kind of you know make up for that, and they've lost Trent Williams. But I just think at a certain point, this offense is going to have to at least be close to the sum of its parts because I'm no expert, but if you don't score enough points, you can't win the game. Yeah, and I would say it's a loser's refrain. I mean, and I've covered a Mike Singletary team and a Jim Thompson team and a Chip Kelly team. And so I heard like 16 weeks of we just have to execute better. You know, we just mm-hmm. we can't fumble the ball and we can't um, drop passes. <laughs> it's just like, well, 
Well, no, you can't. That's happening because you're not very good at football. Um, Right. (laughs) That's, I think, the 2022 49ers issue. I mean, there's just too much kind of blue chip talent on on this team uh, for them to, you know, go completely go in the toilet. Um, But, yeah, this is bringing back some of the first half of last season's vibes as far as the inconsistency and issues. And they shouldn't be this not good at football, as as you said. And I, I covered that Chip Kelly team. That was my first year uh, on the beat, was that Chip Kelly year. So that was an adventure. But it was the same thing every week. And I remember sitting down to write after games, being like, well, they lost again. Well, here's why. <laughs> well, it just, and that's kind of, you know, what, what we're seeing. So in all realisticness, I'm not sure that's a totally fair, real, real word, but in all reality, how do you see Sunday going? Because well, I'd say not well. <laughs> I think, I mean, kind of, Charverius Ward doesn't play, um, you know, as discussed. That That's a real issue. Um, mm-hmm. The Niners have been in this position, you know, over the years where, it, you know, they're so banged up or whatever the case may be. And they do, you know, whatever the intangible is, they do have, um, you know, this is not rah, rah college, but you know, there is something about that. They have pride and they don't roll over and, Mm -hmm. you know, they scrap and fight and all the other cliches. And so, and plus there's enough talent remaining on defense to where I don't think, you know, Patrick Mahomes is going to throw for 400 yards of four touchdowns against them. Um, so I think this will be a, a competitive game uh, that they lose, uh, you know, maybe, oh, 23-17, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It, it just seems like there's just a lot going a- against them. And, again, this is something you can't quantify or anything. We probably didn't help the Chiefs just lost to the Bills. Uh, I mean, you'd like right. to have the Chiefs kind of more, you know, coasting in, riding high, rather than a, a little bit angry. Um and then you add the fact that, again, these are all kind of, oh, well, you know, what are you talking about? Maybe is there really anything to it? But when they have come back from these 10-day uh, road trips and, and played at home, they've generally laid an egg. Uh, but they're one in three in these games um, going into this one. And the one win was in 2019 when they had five turnovers and they beat the Steelers, who were being quarterbacked by Mason Rudolph. Um, right who was an NFL quarterback um, at the time. So, uh, you know, so... <laughs> I don't know, that was For anybody a, who's not familiar with Mason Rudolph, he was, in fact, an NFL quarterback in 2019. Exactly. So, yeah, there's a lot going against him. But, again, I've learned, you know, through the years when I say, oh, gosh, they're going to get the, blo- the doors blown off them. That, that they really never do. It doesn't mean they'll always right. win, but um, there is something to their grit, and, and I think uh, they'll make this an entertaining game. Well, and they're not, they're really not a team that's, they shouldn't be getting the doors blown off them any week when you go through all the talent that's on this team. It's just a matter of they can, you know, pull it together. I think you can, the Charvarius Ward, should he not play, that's a huge loss, but you can make up for that loss if your offense is clicking on all cylinders and you can kind of do what you would think an offense could do with Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk and Kyle Juszczyk and George Kittle, et cetera, et cetera. But you can't, you can't overcome both. 
but I would agree with you. They will make an entertaining game and perhaps go down early, almost come back and then lose not to be all doom. Um, (laughs) But, but that just kind of tends to be uh, sometimes how these things go. But at the end of the day, they are built to win. So if they can, if they can get clicking, but again, that kind of goes back to what we were saying. It's the losers refrain. Like, yeah, you have to execute, but you have to, you have to execute. You can't, you're not, we're now going into week seven here. So this idea of like, well, we just can't be dropping big passes and we can't be turning the ball over. Yeah. No, no blank Sherlock. So, um, you know, you gotta fit. I try not to swear too much on this podcast. So I didn't, I didn't throw that out. Um, but I do think that becomes, you know, a, a big thing, but I agree with you. I think 23 to 17 is a fair, is a fair assessment. And obviously we'll see how it goes. Uh, but Sunday also, and we can get back to the game, but I think it's worth mentioning that the 49ers on Sunday will be honoring the 2012 Super Bowl team, which is interesting. The 2012 Super Bowl team did not win the Super Bowl. They lost the Super Bowl, but uh, they will be honoring the team. And uh, our old friend Jim Harbaugh, go blue, is going to be in attendance. Yeah, that's a very, that's that's pretty interesting dynamic. Um, and, the, mm-hmm. and obviously it shows there's been some, healing in the relationship between Harbaugh and the 49ers, uh, probably most specifically Jed York. Um, and, and so that'll be, that'll be interesting uh, to, I assume we'll have a chance to be able to catch up with Harbaugh a little. Um, and I'm sure he's pretty much the, the same guy, uh, you know, bleeding pigskin and, and, and everything. Um, but yeah, why would you, like celebrate a Super Bowl loser. I think it's just because the 95 Super Bowl team, their last team was probably like, we can't do any more reunions. We're you know, <laughs> give it to someone else. And we're like, okay, let's, yeah. let's pick a Super Bowl loser. So um, <laughs> anyway, it'll be exciting when it will be the 2029, we can celebrate the 2019 uh, 49ers and their Super Bowl loss. Can't wait. Absolutely cannot wait for that. That's going to be fantastic. Uh, personally, I'm just, I know it's the Michigan bye week, which is why Harbaugh can be here. I'm, uh, I just don't want this to mess with his routine. And if Michigan loses to Michigan state next week, I'm a hundred percent blaming the 49ers. Well, it would, it would be a direct correlation and an obvious correlation at that. Yes. <laughs> Very obvious. Well, he, well, if you come back to celebrate when you lost, is that the mentality you go with into the Michigan State game? I don't know. I don't like it. I'm going to be really honest. As a Michigan fan, I don't like it. But well, I hope no he one travels asked. with his, like he brings his wife. Because if if you're a college football coach and you have a bye week and then you just take off, um, I'm not a college football coach, but if I was, I. And and I said I'm gonna I'm gonna go to the reunion um, during the one one week off uh, one week off I have or one weekend off I have uh, mm-hmm. over six months. I don't think that would go well. So that's probably my first question to Jim Harbaugh: Is your wife with you? I mean, that might be a weird question. He might look at me a little askance, but I think it's fair. My first question is going to be, Jim: Do you feel you're prepared for the Michigan State game next week? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Jim, I'm, I just, I'm just very, I'm concerned and I need you to allay my fears. <laughs> that's what I, that's what I care about. Now. The Dodgers lost to your Padres. So I, the only team I have left to care about now are my Michigan Wolverines. So, and your 49ers. though I am rooting for your Padres. The 49ers. Right. Yeah. 
but it's different. Right. You know, I'm a reporter. I cover the t- It's different. Yeah. I care in a different way. Yeah, for sure. Sure. You know, uh, I, I would like to congratulate you on the Padres and I'm rooting for your Padres to win it all. Cause as you know, I think it's better to lose to the winner than lose to the loser. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. And the Padres probably got a little break by playing the Phillies. Um, but, you know, we shall see. Didn't go too well in game one with one hit. Uh, generally hard to win with one hit, but generally we got the bats rolling uh, in game two. But, yeah. And a comeback win at that. And I always think that bodes well. Yeah, absolutely. Know. So that's and I got to tell you something else. I have hated Manny Machado for many years, and he's starting to grow on me. And I'm not proud of it, and I'm I'm not pleased with myself. But he's starting to grow on me a little, and I'm hating him less. And it's really bothering me. I mean, why is that? I'd, I'd be surprised. I'm surprised to hear that. I think it would be that. Well, because he's he really is like so good. I think the reason, not, I think the reason I did not like Manny Machado is because when he was a Dodger and he was a Dodger for about 47 seconds, but when he was a Dodger, I believe it was game four of the world series where I felt he really lollygagged to second base. And if he had really put in just a modicum of effort, he would have been safe. And that was a tough series against the Red Sox one. They ultimately ended up losing. And I didn't like that. And then he made some kind of disparaging comments about, his contract versus when the Dodgers win World Series. And I didn't like that either. But as I've watched him with the Padres, the lollygagging no longer exists, which on one on the one hand really irritates me. But he he really is so good at baseball. And there is he just I don't know. There's something about him I'm starting to like. I don't I'm not proud of it. I'm really not, but I'm starting to like him a little. I won't tell your secret. Well, unfortunately, I think everybody now knows. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you. I appreciate that. All right. So back to Sunday. We agree. 23-17. Do you think this 49ers offense starts clicking in week seven, Eric Branch? That's my last question I'm leaving you with. Uh, no. Because I, I okay. said I 17, po- <laughs> <laughs> 17 points is not exactly clicking. Uh, and I haven't figured out how they're going to get those 17 points. It may be another pick six. So maybe they only score 10. Um, That's really, well, but I don't know who's left to even do a pick six. I don't know if there's anyone left on that defense. We, didn't even, we haven't even talked about Talanoa Hufanga, who actually, before I let you go, I think we should talk about this for a minute. And I know this is protocol and all the things, but we haven't even talked about Talanoa Hufunga, who's in the concussion protocol, who went out with a head injury early in the game on Sunday, was cleared, so went back to playing in the game, uh, was apparently cleared again after the game, and now has been in the concussion protocol since Monday. And this is not like a necessarily a 49ers issue. This is a league issue, but it does beg the question. So if you go out with a head injury, should you just not be allowed to come back in? Yeah, I think it's something happen, probably but... in the off season that they'll. Uh, yeah, there, uh, yeah. There, when you go down this road, it's like because you know they took Teddy Bridgewater out of, out of a game, and it was like, well, he wasn't even stumbling, you know. So then, are they kind of um, overcorrecting um, mm-hmm. on this? But yeah, I mean. You know, I jokingly said with my colleague uh, Mike Silver, I was like, "Well, you know, we saw these all these guys going back in the game, you know, after going into the medical tent. Um, you know, just like, oh, maybe this is a game where you know you you can't be injured uh, today. 
uh, we have too many injuries. And I don't mean to make light of uh, anything regarding a, a concussion, but it does, you know, in, in this even heightened atmosphere as far as sensitivity to towards concussions, it was like, uh, okay, he's coming back in the game. And, um, you know, same thing with Ray Ray McLeod, who got cleared. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know if they need any more guardrails or guidelines as far as, you know, when a guy can go back in the game. And so anyway, it was interesting and, um, you know, obviously, you know, a little disturbing, um, you know, when, when it comes out the next day, oh, he's had concussion symptoms and, you know, he got hurt, I believe, on the first play of the game. So he ended up playing, you know, basically he was he was sidelined for a few snaps, but he played all four quarters after having suffered a concussion. So, um, yeah, again, concerning and not good. And as as it relates to, you're, you're right, as it relates to Sunday's game, that's that would be another, you know, pretty massive part of the secondary that wouldn't be available if he's uh, sidelined. Yeah, because you would have to Sean Gibson and then Jimmy Ward with the club hand if he can play with it. Right. So they, they've got some issues back there. So we'll see how it all plays out. No pun intended, or I guess you could say pun intended because we will literally see how it all plays out. So we'll go with that. Uh, Eric, thank you so much for joining me. Please let everybody know where they can find you on Twitter and beyond. Uh, at Eric underscore branch uh, should do the trick. Yep. And he's verified now. So that's exciting. Uh, <laughs> that's, big, that's big news. Uh, if you guys like what you heard and I know you did, please make sure to leave us a five-star review. Follow us on Instagram at Fangirl Sports Network. We are brought to you by FIVO. We are brought to you by Bet Online. And with that, I'll talk to everybody next week and we'll see if that offense does indeed score 17 whole points. Bye, all. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.